Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Well, happy impeachment day. Maybe. They're reading the articles of impeachment on the House floor right now. In fact, uh, th- this is pretty historic. Let's just let's just clip to that right now, Nate and, and Sean. We'll carry the reading of the articles. Here we go. Record three, directing current and former executive branch officials not to cooperate with the committees in response to which nine administration officials defied subpoenas for testimony, in, namely John Michael Mick Mulvaney, Robert B. Blair, John A. Eisenberg, Michael Ellis, Preston Walls Griffith, Russell T. Vogt, Michael Duffy, Brian McCormick, and T. Ulrich Breckbuehl. These actions were consistent with President Trump's previous efforts to undermine United States government investigations into foreign interference in United States elections. Through these actions, President Trump sought to arrogate to himself the right to determine the propriety, scope, and nature of an impeachment inquiry into his own conduct, as well as the unilateral prerogative to deny any and all information to the House of Representatives and the exercise of its sole power of impeachment. In the history of the Republic, no president has ever ordered the complete defiance of an impeachment inquiry or sought to obstruct and impede so comprehensively the ability of the House of Representatives to investigate high crimes and misdemeanors. This abuse of office served to cover up the president's own repeated misconduct and to seize and control the power of impeachment and thus to nullify a vital constitutional safeguard vested solely in the House of Representatives. In all of this, President Trump has acted in a manner contrary to his trust as president and subversive of constitutional government to the great prejudice of the cause of law and justice and to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. Wherefore, President Trump, by such conduct, has demonstrated that he will remain a threat to the Constitution if allowed to remain in office and has acted in a manner grossly incompatible with self-governance and the rule of law. President Trump thus warrants impeachment and trial, removal from office, and disqualification to hold and enjoy any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. And that's the the tail end of the articles of impeachment. It took him seven, eight minutes to read the whole thing. It's seven, eight pages long. And uh, now they're going to start some speeches. I know that uh, Pramila Jayapal is supposed to be speaking soon. Right now, Jerry Nadler is speaking. So let's let's go to that. And by the way, if you want to, we're going to pop. We're only going to carry small parts of the hearings today. Mostly, I'm going to be taking calls, and there's a bunch of things that I wanted to talk with you about. Um, so, but you know, let's just check out what the uh, Democrats are having to say. I ask unanimous consent that all members may have five legislative days in which to revise and extend their Bring remarks. Yeah, so we'll just, yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is uh, Jerry Nadler proposing, proposing that they, uh, I believe that they adopt the rules. Distinguished speakers recognized for one minute. So, oh, maybe not. Thank you, Madam Speaker. I thank the gentleman oh, this is Nancy Pelosi. for tremendous leadership in helping us honor the Constitution of the United States. I also extend my gratitude uh, to Cong- uh, Chairman Schiff, who will be uh, presiding later uh, in the day. My colleagues, this morning and every morning, 
when we come together, members rise and pledge allegiance to the flag. Every day, all across America, children in school, members of the military, officials and those uh, civically engaged also pledge allegiance to the flag. Let us recall what that pledge says. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic, to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The republic for which it stands is what we are here to talk about today, a republic if we can keep it. We gather today under the dome of this temple of democracy to exercise one of the most solemn powers that this body can take, the impeachment of the President of the United States. No member, regardless of party or politics, comes to Congress to impeach a president. But every one of us, as our first act as a member of Congress, stood on this historic House floor before our beautiful American flag and raised our hands in this sacred oath. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So help me God. For 230 years, members have taken that sacred oath, which makes us custodians of the Constitution. When our founders declared independent and established a new nation, they crafted a system of government unlike one ever seen before, a republic, starting with the sacred words, we the people. For centuries, Americans have fought and died to defend democracy for the people. But very sadly now, our founders' vision of a republic is under threat from actions from the White House. That is why today, as Speaker of the House, I solemnly and sadly open the debate on the impeachment of the President of the United States. If we do not act now, we would be derelict in our duty. It is tragic that the President's reckless actions make impeachment necessary. He gave us no choice. What we are discussing today is the established fact that the President violated the Constitution. It is a matter of fact that the President is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. Hundreds of historians, legal scholars, and formal prosecutors, regardless of party, have stated that the President committed impeachable offenses. Since today is a national civics lesson, though a sad one, I submit these documents for the record and commend them for students to study. Without objection, so order. Thank you, Madam Speaker. What we are discussing today is the established fact that the President, again, violated the Constitution. It is a matter of fact that the President is, again, an ongoing threat to our national security. And the testimony of decorated war heroes, distinguished diplomats, and patriotic career public servants, some of the President's own appointees over the past weeks, have told us this. The President used the power of his public office to obtain an improper personal political benefit at the expense of America's national security. When a president weakens a Democratic ally that is advancing American security interests by fighting an American adversary, the president weakens America. This abuse of power also jeopardizes the integrity of our elections. All Americans agree that American voters should choose our president, not some foreign government. The founders understood that it is profoundly corrosive for our democracy for a president to invite interference in our elections. As George Washington, our nation's patriot, under whose gaze uh, we stand today, warned, history and experience prove that foreign influence is one of the most baneful foes of Republican government. George Washington. Sadly, the American people have witnessed further wrongs of the president which necessitate the second article of impeachment, obstruction of Congress. When the president's wrongdoing was revealed, he launched an unprecedented, indiscriminate, and categorical campaign of defiance and obstruction. 
Never before in the history of our nation have we seen a president declare and act as he is above the law. The president goes even so far as to say and act on this absurdity when he says, Article 2 says I can do whatever I want. No, it doesn't. That recklessness is a profound violation of the Constitution and our republic, which endured because of our system of separation of power, three co-equal branches, each a check and balance on the other, a republic, again, if we can keep it. The founders' great fear of a rogue or corrupt president is the very reason why they enshrined impeachment in the Constitution. As one founder, William Davey of North Carolina, warned, Unless the Constitution contained an impeachment provision, a president might spare no efforts or means, whatever, to get himself reelected. Another founder, George Mason, insisted that the president who procured his appointment in the first instance through improper and corrupt acts might repeat his guilt and return to power. We in Congress, Article I, the legislative branch, must stand up and make clear to the American people and to all people that this body still stands by the principles enshrined in the Constitution and defended by generations of Americans. Last week, in observance of the 75th anniversary of the Battle of the Bulge, members traveled to that hallowed ground to express our gratitude uh, to the heroes of freedom uh, who sacrificed everything to secure victory of freedom over tyranny, not just for America, but for the world. The veterans of that battle, who, who were there in their 90s, uh, told us how after the war was won, the Europeans to whom they, whom they liberated would ask, why did you risk us? You don't know us. And give your lives to save us. We're not Americans. And our men would say, we came here to fight for you, not because you are Americans, because we are Americans. As our beloved Chairman Elijah Cummings and Oversight Committee Chair, our North Star, said when announcing his support for this action, quote, when the history books are written about this tumultuous error, I want them to show that I was among those in the House of Representatives who stood up to lawlessness and tyranny. He also said, almost prophetically, when we are dancing with the angels, the question will be, what we did we do to make sure we kept our democracy intact? Elijah, as you know, has since passed on. Now he is dancing with the angels. And I know that he and all of us here are very proud of the moral courage of members who want to honor the vision of our founders for a republic, the sacrifice of our men and women in uniform to defend it, and the aspirations of our children to live freely within it. Today, we are here to defend democracy for the people. May God bless America. And that was Nancy Pelosi's um, speech in favor of impeachment. Uh, I believe Doug Collins is going to speak in opposition to it. <laughs> and I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I will be back. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We'll be back in just a second with, uh, with you know, we'll be following the, the, at least the beginning of the, of the proceedings here, and then we can talk about it. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Our book today in the Tom Harvin Book Club is The Cult of Trump. A leading cult expert explains how the president uses mind control by Stephen Hassan. This is from the introduction. Just beneath the surface of Trump's woe is me facade is a messianic streak. He may not come out and say he believes he is a messiah, but he has done nothing to dispel the notion, popular among some Christian followers, that God has chosen him to be their leader. Certainly he makes no bones about the fact that he is the only one who can restore America to an imagined past glory and save us from a terrible future. One of Trump's earliest campaign moves was to establish the image of a great shining wall in the minds of his followers. 
The wall was a key piece of Trump propaganda to insulate, isolate, and elevate America from the rest of the dangerous world. The idea was actually suggested by political consultants Roger Stone and Sam Nunberg, who were looking for a mnemonic device that would keep Trump on message. Trump didn't love the idea at first, but he tried it out at a rally and the crowds went crazy. It turned out to be a stroke of marketing genius. Not only did it play on the us versus them trope, but it also allowed Trump to conjure images of murderers and rapists amassing at the southern border. It allowed him to instill fear in the hearts and minds of his followers, far beyond what is the norm at campaign rallies, and yet straight out of the cult leader playbook. The Muslim ban, which Trump tried to implement early in his presidency, was a variation on this theme, as many of the Christian right fear that Islam wants to rule the world and impose Sharia law on Americans. Trump uses all kinds of cult tactics, lying, projecting his weaknesses onto others, deflecting, distracting, presenting alternative facts and competing versions of reality to confuse, disorient, and ultimately coerce his followers. Repetition programs the belief into the unconscious, but fear-mongering tops the list. In my experience, phobia indoctrination, the creation of fearful thoughts to promote and reinforce a desired set of beliefs or behaviors in followers, is one of the most powerful and universal techniques in the cult leader's arsenal. This is why Trump spends so much time, so much air and Twitter time painting a frightening picture of the danger posed by immigrants, Mexicans, Muslims, the migrant caravan. The more vivid the thought or image installed in people's minds, the greater hold it has on us and the less susceptible we are to rational or critical thought. There are other enemies in Trump's world, globalists, radical left-wing Democrats, socialists, Hollywood actors, the liberal media, all of whom want to destroy America. Inspiring fear of real or imagined threats overrides people's sense of urgency. It makes them susceptible to a confident authority figure who promises to keep them safe. I have met and heard about followers of Trump who have undergone radical personality changes, adopting viewpoints that would have been abhorrent to their former selves. Perhaps most confounding is how so many devout Christians have come to believe that a man who cheated on his pregnant wife was handpicked by God. The book, The Cult of Trump. You know, if you couldn't sleep because of an uncomfortable mattress, you'd buy a new one, right? So why do you keep sitting in that same uncomfortable office chair day after day? It's time to give yourself or a loved one the gift of comfort and productivity by upgrading to an X-Chair. With patented dynamic variable lumbar support, you will appreciate the X-Chair difference the very first time you sit down in one. Make an investment with a guaranteed return this year. Improve your comfort and productivity with the world's finest off chair, office chair, the X-Chair. Your body and your bottom line will thank you. X-Chair is on sale now for 100 bucks off. Go to xchairtom.com now. That's the letter X chair, T-H-O-M.com. Or call 1-844-4X-Chair. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Go to xchairtom.com now and use your code XWHEELS for free X-Wheel blade casters. That's xchairtom.com. Or call 1-844-4-X-CHAIR, xchairtom.com. And let's, let's listen to Doug Collins. Let's see what the Republicans are up to here. September 24th, the speaker announced an impeachment inquiry before even seeing the call transcript that we're going to hear so much about today. You know... It's not about what this body can do and its constitutional oath. And there's been a lot of constitutional and founders thrown around and will be all day today. But there's one thing that I will mention all along, and that is also the founders were very concerned about a partisan impeachment in which politics of the majority who have their strength can do what they want to do irregardless of any facts. In fact, I've said it before and I will say it again. I do not believe no matter what was said today and even what has been said, this is not a solemn occasion. When you go looking for something for three years, and especially this year since January, you ought to be excited when you found it, but they can't because I know what is now happening. It took me last night, but I was thinking about it. Why do we keep calling this a solemn occasion when you've been wanting to do this ever since the gentleman was elected? Mr. President came forward and did what he thought fit for the American people, but yet they wanted to impeach him. And see, it hit me. Now I know. The reason they wanted to is now they're realizing what I told them and have been telling them for the last few weeks, that the, the clock and the calendar are terrible masters. 
The clock and the calendar are terrible masters. They do not care about anything except getting the time done and the calendar fixed. They do not care about facts. They do not care about time. And one day the clock and the calendar will hang along this body in a very detrimental way. How do I know this? Because one of our members, Mr. Lieb, said on the night she was sworn in, we're going to impeach. Well, you know the rest. In May of 2019, Al Green said, I'm concerned if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. That is probably the most prescient thing said by the majority in the last year is they said we can't beat him if we don't impeach him. There's a reason behind this impeachment. And even Speaker Pelosi said it would be dangerous to leave it to voters to determine whether President Trump stays in office. Really? After we just said the Pledge of Allegiance, we go back to the speaker's own words? and said it would be dangerous to leave it to the voters. I will tell you right now, Madam Speaker, we on the Republican side have no problem taking our case to the majority and to the people of this country because they elected Donald Trump. And it is a matter for the voters, not this House, not in this way, not in the way this is being done. It has trampled everything this House believes in. I said it yesterday and I believe it to be this true today. I will fight this on process which has been deplorable to use a word of the majority. It has been awful. The calendar and the clock make it impressive that we actually do it quickly. We don't care about rules. We don't care about minority hearing days. We don't care about giving the opportunity for witnesses to be called because the chairman gets to determine what is relevant. Wow, that's pretty good. Let the accuser determine what is relevant to the one being accused. The people of America see through this. The people of America understand due process and they understand when it is being trampled in the people's house. You see, it's also not a matter of process, which will be discussed today. It's a matter of actual facts. I will fight the facts all day long. Because what we found here today is a president who did not do as being charged. In fact, they had to go to abuse of power, this amorphous term that you're going to hear many, many arguments about how that abuse of power, except for one thing. The call itself, the two parties say no pressure. Nothing was ever done to get the money. In fact, they didn't even know the money was held. But there is something that very much bothers me about the facts. There were five meetings, we'll hear about those today, in which it was never a linkage made. There was one witness that is depended on over 600 times in the majority's report, that in the end, after question, had to say, well, that was my presumption of what was happening. You see, this is an impeachment based on presumption. This is an impeachment, basically also a poll-tested impeachment on what actually sells to the American people. Today's gonna be a lot of things. We have a new video up over at TomHartman.com, or there's a link to it, and it's about how these writers, Foe and Monk, in the Journal of Democracy, have documented how over the last 40 years or so, Americans have gone from a, f a very small little trickle of Americans saying, yes, we'd like a strongman leader who doesn't have to answer to Congress, to that number being 49% last year. And the reason for this appears to be that the rich have been massively ripping off the country and, and doing so in part by controlling our political structures. And, and everyday people know this. Now, there are remedies for this. There are numerous solutions for this. But we really first have to understand how much damage, real damage, this is doing to the United States of America. It's all over that video over at TomHartman.com. Check it out. And welcome back. Doug Collins is the member from Georgia who is the, I guess, the. I'm not sure that he's the number one Republican in the House of Representatives, but he's taking that role because he's the ranking member of the Judiciary Committee. And he's ranting right now about how this impeachment is all nonsense. So let's let's pick up a couple minutes of that anyway. The minority leader in the Senate went out and did a press conference and said, they denied my witnesses. They denied my request. Well, welcome to the club, Mr. Schumer. That's exactly what's happened over here for the last three months. Amen. So today we're going to talk a lot about impeachment. We're going to talk a lot about a president. And we're going to talk about two articles of impeachment, abuse of power, because they can't actually pin anything of factual basis on him. The president did nothing wrong in this issue. And then they're going to talk about obstruction of Congress. You know, obstruction of Congress, as I've said before, is like petulant children saying we didn't get our way when we didn't ask the right way and we didn't actually go after it and try to make a case. You know why, Madam Speaker? The clock and the calendar are terrible masters. And the majority will own that problem today because to the clock and the calendar, facts don't matter. 
the promises to the base matter. And today is a promise kept for the majority. Not a surprise, a fact. And with that, I reserve. Gentleman reserves. Gentleman from New York. So that was uh, Doug Collins. Madam oh, Speaker, here's Jerry Nadler again. Time as I may consume. Gentleman's recognized. Madam Speaker, the House of Representatives must now consider two articles of impeachment against President Trump. The first article charges that the president used his public office to coerce a foreign government into attacking his political rival. The second article charges that the president took extreme and unprecedented steps to obstruct our investigation into his conduct. Taken together, the two articles charge that President Trump placed his private political interests above our national security, above our elections, and above our system of checks and balances. After months of, of investigation, there can be no serious debate about the evidence at hand. On July 25th, when he spoke to President Zelensky of Ukraine, President Trump had the upper hand. The president, through his agents, had already demanded that Ukraine announce an investigation of his political opponents. Ukraine needed our help, both military aid, which had been appropriated by Congress because of our security interests, and an Oval Office meeting to show the world that the United States continues to stand with Ukraine against Russian aggression. President Trump should have been focused on the interests of the American people on that call. Instead, he prioritized his private political interests. President Trump asked President Zelensky for a favor. He wanted Ukraine to announce two bogus investigations, one into former Vice President Biden, then his leading opponent in the 2020 election, and another to advance a conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, attacked our elections in 2016. For the third time in the history of the United States, a president of the United States is being impeached. We'll be back. Some acting far outside the regular channels of diplomacy to make his desires clear. There would be no aid and no meeting until Ukraine announced the sham investigations. To our founding generation, abuse of power was a specific, well-defined offense. A president may not misuse the powers of the presidency to obtain an improper personal benefit. The evidence shows that President Trump did exactly that. For this alone, he should be impeached. But the first article also identifies two aggravating factors. When President Trump conditioned military aid on a personal favor, he harmed America's national security. And when he demanded that a foreign government target his domestic political rival, he took steps to corrupt our next election. To the founders, these offenses clearly merited removal from office. The president faces a second article of impeachment for his efforts to obstruct our investigation of his misconduct. The Constitution grants the sole power of impeachment to the House of Representatives. Within our system of checks and balances, the president may not decide for himself what constitutes a valid impeachment inquiry, nor may he ignore lawful subpoenas or direct others to do so. Many presidents, including President Trump, have asserted privileges and other objections to specific subpoenas. But only President Trump has ordered the categorical defiance of a congressional investigation, the automatic rejection of all subpoenas. The president is not above the law, and he should be impeached for this as well. Congress cannot wait for the next election to address this misconduct. President Trump has demonstrated a clear pattern of wrongdoing. This is not the first time he has solicited foreign interference in an election, has been exposed, and has attempted to obstruct the resulting investigation. We cannot rely on the next election as a remedy for presidential misconduct when the president threatens the very integrity of that election. He has shown us he will continue to put his selfish interests above the good of the country. We must act without delay. By his actions, President Trump has broken his oath of office. His conduct continues to undermine our Constitution and threaten our next election. His actions warrant his impeachment and demand his removal from office. I urge my colleagues to support these articles, and I reserve the balance of my time. Gentleman from Georgia. 
Thank you, Madam Speaker. It is my time, uh, my pleasure at this time to yield three minutes to the gentleman from Wisconsin, Mr. This Sen is the uh, Republican uh, uh, from Madam Georgia, Speaker, Jim I rise in opposition to impeaching the president. The Constitution says that any civil officer, including the president, may be impeached for treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Unlike the Nixon and Clinton cases, there are no allegations that the president has committed a crime. We've had almost three years of nonstop investigations. We've had the Mueller report, we've had the Schiff investigation, we've had the Nadler investigation, and at no time is there any evidence that indicates that Donald J. Trump uh, violated any criminal statute of the United States. So why are we here? We're here because the majority caucus, the Democratic caucus, has been hijacked by the radical left. They have wanted to reverse the course of the 2016 election ever since Donald J. Trump won that election. So let's look at these two phony articles of impeachment. Uh, first of all, abuse of power. The phone call in question had the president say, our country has been through a lot. I want you to do us a favor, not me a favor, us a favor. And there he was referring to our country, the United States of America, not a personal political gain. He was not afraid to let this transcript go public, and he released the transcript almost immediately after the call. Now, the second article, impeachment, obstruction of Congress, it basically says that unless the president gives us everything we want and when we want it, uh, then he's committed an impeachable offense. That's a bunch of bunk. Uh, the president has certain individual and privileges by virtue of his office. Whenever there's been a dispute between the executive and legislative branches heretofore, they've gone to court. And the Supreme Court a couple weeks ago said they would take jurisdiction over deciding whether the president had to comply with one subpoena relating to his tax returns. Now here, the Democrats have been bent uh, to impeach the president of the United States before the court decides this. And this means that there's a rush job to do this. And why is there? Because they want to influence the 2020 elections. And they spent three years doing it. They spent millions of taxpayers' dollars, including the Mueller report, uh, putting together uh, this uh, impeachment. And they also have had this Congress wrapped around impeachment and not doing their jobs until the dam broke this week. Stop this charade. Vote no, and I yield back. Yields back. The gentleman from Mr. New York. Speaker, the gentleman from Wisconsin knows full well the president asserted no privileges here. He simply ordered complete defiance of the impeachment inquiry. Hey guys, let's talk about sex, good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue, blue chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day and night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code TOM, T-H-O-M. Just pay five bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code T-H-O-M, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Welcome back. Mary Gay Scanlon, Democrat from Pennsylvania, is speaking right now in support of impeachment. 
I now yield two minutes to the gentlelady from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon. Gentlelady is recognized. Governments corrupted our elections or sought to avoid consequences for his own misconduct in office. That is why they included impeachment in the Constitution, to protect our republic. Our colleagues across the aisle have claimed that we're impeaching the president because we don't like him. Because, uh, but this moment is about more than disagreement with the president's policies or personality. Those issues belong in the voting booth. Our task here is not to judge the president himself. Instead, we must judge his conduct and whether his actions have undermined our Constitution. The President has committed the highest of high crimes under our Constitution. He used the highest office in our government and taxpayer dollars to pressure a foreign country to interfere in our elections. He undermined our national security. And when he got caught, he tried to cover it up obstructing our investigation and refusing to produce subpoenaed documents and witnesses. A government where the president abuses his power is not of the people. A government where the president pressures a foreign country to undermine our elections is not by the people. And a government where the president puts his own interests before the country is not for the people. This isn't complicated. You know it. I know it. The American people know it. President Trump's wrongdoing and the urgent threat that his actions present to our next election and our democracy leaves us no principled alternative but to support these articles of impeachment. Our Constitution, our, co our country, and our children depend upon it. I yield back. The gentlelady yields back. The gentleman from Georgia. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I wish, as the gentlelady just said, I wish they would examine the factual conduct, but I guess that's not going to happen. So at this, this is point, Congressman I Mike Johnson, from Louisiana, Mr. Uh, Johnson, Republican from Louisiana. Thank the gentleman from Georgia. Mr. Speaker, the founders of this country warned us against a single-party impeachment because they feared it would bitterly and perhaps irreparably divide our nation. The truth is, in the 243 years of this republic, there has never been a single-party fraudulent impeachment process like the one being used today. Our Democrat colleagues have weaponized the impeachment provision of the Constitution to nullify the votes of 63 million Americans who elected President Donald J. Trump. This is not about a phone call or Ukraine. Okay, I, you know, I get it. <laughs> I think we all get it. The, the Democrats are going to keep saying, you know, Donald Trump tried to, you know, he invited Russia to interfere in our election in 2016. They did. They helped out by you know, hacking the DNC and giving the information to WikiLeaks. And Roger Stone was apparently coordinating that with Donald Trump personally. One of the reasons that we really should have, you know, Roger Stone testify. But, you know, there was no grand jury on this stuff. There was no serious investigation of this stuff outside of the House of Representatives. And Trump ordered complete noncompliance, complete, uh, just a complete, uh, cover-up, just a massive total cover-up of everything that he had done. So no White House official was allowed to testify. There were a few who did, but over the objections of the White House. And the people who would have firsthand knowledge of this, who were there, you know, Mick Mulvaney and Mike Pompeo, among others, are not allowed to testify. Even Don McGahn, Trump's former White House counsel, is not being allowed to testify. So. That's happening. Uh, meanwhile, there, there are a few other things here in the news that I think are worth, you know, attending to. One is, and this is particularly interesting, Brian Karam tweets from a White House source. This is one of the stories that they're apparently actually telling themselves inside the White House. And it's a theory that, you know, I've heard has been floated over on Fox so-called news. And here it is. It's very simple that Hillary Clinton purposely lost the election with the aid of Russian hacking so the Democrats could then impeach Trump. So this whole thing that's happening right now, this whole impeachment thing, is exactly what Hillary Clinton planned when she planned to lose the election to Trump so that Trump could be publicly humiliated three years later. It's bizarre. The guy who tweeted it said, this is not from The Onion. This is from a White House source. And somebody else said, I feel so sorry for The Onion and all the other satirical publications in this era. I mean, how could they possibly compete? And I think that that's a solid one. There's a new study out for this is, was published in Military Times. 
It was done between in a partnership between mil the Military Times and Syracuse University's Institute for Veterans and Military Families. And I believe the Military Times is is owned by uh, the same people as USA Today and all that, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but don't want to say it with great certainty. Anyhow, this is uh, from a study that was done from October 23rd to December 2nd. So this included the period of time when Donald Trump betrayed Syria at the request of the president of Turkey. And what it shows is that uh, in the military, how favorable is your view of President Donald Trump? And this is active duty troops. 24% said very favorable, 17% said favorable. So that's 40, what is it, 41%, 42%. I, I'm terrible at math like that on the, on the fly. Seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, yeah, 41%. Very unfavorable is 45% and unfavorable is 5%. So the very unfavorable is 50%. And the total, I don't like Trump, 50% of the military right now. And 41% of the military do like Trump. That's interesting. That's very interesting. And then also there's a, a Medicaid bill that's before Congress that would have sent $12 billion in Medicaid funding over four years to Puerto Rico as part of the aid package. And Donald Trump personally intervened to cut that down to $5.5 billion, which is mind-boggling. So anyway, your thoughts on impeachment, on what's going on, you know, unless, it, unless it's Pramila Jayapal or Mark Pocan speaking, you know, people or Ro Khan, the people who are regulars on this program, I'm pretty much done carrying the impeachment stuff today. So we're just going to do an old-fashioned radio show. We'll take your phone calls and see what's going on here. Dan in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, Dan, it says you oppose uh, impeachment? I'm an independent. I've been a what? proud independent for 40 years. What does that and mean? That means that I view both Republicans and Democrats with skepticism when they go to extremes. Okay. Uh, and I'm wondering why you don't recognize that the way, if you want independent support, go for censure. I think it's that, popular. I think, I think that, that horse has already left the stable, Dan. I mean, yeah, well, why you know? didn't we? And we could now. We could right now say, okay, we recognize that the public doesn't really want this. The independents definitely don't want it, but they do want censure. So, we know that so Dan, if, uh, let's say Elizabeth Warren is running, you know, is the Democratic nominee, or Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee next year, just, you know, just for the heck of it, for the sake of conversation. And uh, Bernie gives a speech in which he says, uh, China, I know that you're very unhappy with Donald Trump. You don't like him. You don't like what he did with trade and all that kind of stuff. And you've got extraordinary capabilities, intelligence gathering capabilities and spy snooping Internet and everything else. If you could f send us some transcripts of Donald Trump's five secret phone conversations with Putin for which there are no records at all. Or if you could, because, you know, if, if she's running against or, or Bernie's running against uh, Trump, or if you could find, you know, Trump's tax returns, I'm sure that you would be greatly rewarded. And China does that and exposes Trump as some kind of a fraud or humiliates him somehow. And the Republicans stand up and say, that's a crime. And Bernie says, yeah, I know, but Trump did the same thing and he only got censured. Feel free to censure me. I don't care. I'm still in office. Is that the country kind of country you want to live in? Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's a simple yes-no question, Dan. No, you, make a, you do make a point, but it's not the only point, because this is a political process, impeachment. This is not this a political a process. Politi this has nothing to do with politics. It's a constitutional process, Dan. The Constitution requires this, if the president commits high crimes or misdemeanors, or bribery or yeah. treason. And I would say he's done and those all are all definitional. And those are all definitions. I think pretty much everybody understands what bribery means. But again, you know, if you want to split hairs, what you're doing is you're saying it's fine for Bernie Sanders to ask the Chinese to hack Republicans. No, I didn't say that. You absolutely—that is the absolute outcome. If Trump is not impeached, if he doesn't get, at the very least. You know, this is not a hand slap. This is a punch in the face, you know, impeachment in the House, whether he gets removed from office in the Senate or not. And if that doesn't happen, what we are doing is we are saying to any future president, feel free. Use foreign powers to mess with our elections. That was, of all the things that the founders feared, that was the biggest. 
That was the, the absolute greatest fear they had. If you go back and look at the election of 1800, John Adams was running, uh, who was president, who was running for a second term against Thomas Jefferson. And Jefferson had lived in Paris for a couple of years as U.S. envoy to Paris. And one of Adams' attacks on Jefferson was that Jefferson had secret loyalties to the French and that the French might be helping his election because the Marquis de Lafayette was Jefferson's very best friend. He was a French officer and Lafayette had written some letters to people on behalf of Jefferson. On the other hand, Jefferson's hit on John Adams was that when uh, Crispus Atticus and, and others were killed in the Boston Massacre, Adams, as a lawyer at, the, at that time, this is 1773, Adams defended the British soldiers. And he did it, I believe he did it without compensation. And he did it because he believed that everybody should be entitled to a defense in court. But Jefferson was saying Adams has secret loyalties to England. Adams was saying Jefferson has secret loyalties to France. And to the best of my knowledge, that election of 1800, that was so contentious and so hot. That was literally the last time, to the best of my knowledge, in American history, that any candidate for president accused another candidate for president of having divided loyalties. And you're saying that we should merely slap Donald Trump's hand. We should censure him and say, okay, it's fine to engage with a foreign power to alter the course of an election. And in fact, future presidents are encouraged to do it. Dan, I don't, I just, I, you know, if you think about that, I can't understand how you could hold that opinion as an independent. Because you're not going to succeed. You're not going to put a stain on his record by failing to get him convicted of impeachment. I don't think that's impeachment? true. Impeachment? Yeah, that's happened before. I do but not think not that's gonna, true. Well, you won't get independence to be on your side when it's purely political. And it is purely no, it, political. It, 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 it has okay. The, it has All the right, Dan, I get it. it. You're not actually an independent. You're, you're a Republican. I, it's like, oh, my God. I, I actually was taking this guy seriously for a couple minutes there. It's like, uh, give me a friggin' break. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Right. I'm an independent, so I'm going to look at the actual issues rather than the politics. Well, here's the actual issues. Oh, that's political! Jeez. This is the Tom Hartman Program. Today's book in the Tom Hartman Book Club is Impeachment, A Citizen's Guide by Cass R. Sunstein. This is from Chapter 1, titled Majesty and Mystery. It's an old story, and it's probably even true. When the authors of the new American Constitution declared, after their months of work in Philadelphia, that they had finally reached consensus, one Mrs. Powell shouted a question to the revered Benjamin Franklin, then 81 years old. Dr. Franklin, what have you given us, a monarchy or a, a republic? He gave this answer, a republic, if you can keep it. With those words, Franklin deflected the thrust of the question. True, he didn't refuse to answer a republic, he said, and not a monarchy. But in his view, the question wasn't what the framers, a band of good and great men, had given to the American people. The Constitution was not a gift. The question was what we the people would do with the framework that the framers had produced. The real agents, the most important actors in the nation's history were and are the you. You have a task, which is to keep it. And what you are to keep is a republic, which is what the American Revolution was fought to establish and which is opposed to what the colonies fought against, a monarchy headed by a king who could not be removed from office and who could rule as a tyrant. From the Declaration of Independence, the history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. Just a few decades before he spoke, Franklin's words would have been unfathomably radical, but he captured the spirit of his age. Here's Alexander Hamilton writing in the very first of the Federalist Papers, which defended the American Constitution to a nation that was sharply divided on whether to ratify it. Hamilton sounded a lot like Franken, though much more grave. Quote, it has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been reserved to the people of this country by their conduct and example to decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable of, or not, of establishing good government from reflection and choice, or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political constitutions on accident and force. If there be any truth in that remark, the crisis at which we are arrived may with propriety be regarded as the era in which the decision is to be made. 
and a wrong election of the part we shall act may, in this view, deserve to be considered as the general misfortune of mankind. Franklin, Hamilton, and their colleagues thought a lot about impeachment. In their view, the power to impeach was central to the establishment of, quote, good government from reflection and choice. Without the power to impeach, we the people would probably have refused to ratify the Constitution in the first place. Impeachment laid at the core of the founders' intricate and majestic efforts to balance the defining Republican commitments to liberty, equality, and self-rule with the belief in a strong, energetic national government. They achieved that balance with diverse features of the Constitution, including a four-year term for the president, electoral control, the separation of powers, and a system of individual rights. It is ironic that impeachment, regarded in 1787 as an essential component of the balance, is now little understood by the people of this country. As Exhibit 1, consider the 1970 pronouncement by Gerald Ford, then a member of Congress and later President of the United States, that an impeachable offense, quote, is whatever a majority of the House believes it to be at a given moment in history. In American history, three presidents have been subject to serious impeachment proceedings, Andrew Johnson, Richard Nixon, and Bill Clinton. During the impeachment process against Nixon, I was in my late teens. In a way, the controversy was inspiring. We the people were rising up against a president who had apparently done awful things. But I liked Nixon, and I didn't much like the Democrats, and I was torn. Riveted by the national debates, I wondered, are people trying to impeach Nixon because they hate him and his policies? or because he actually did something terribly wrong. Like many millions of Americans, I also wondered, what is impeachment all about anyway? The very word was unfamiliar and seemed like a kind of relic, something from a bygone age. The nation and Nixon himself received an unforgettable civics lesson back then in the 1970s, but I'm not sure we got a full answer to either question. When I decided to go to law school a few years later, I can't say that I was motivated by the Nixon proceedings. But they certainly helped to inspire my interest in our constitutional system. Like many others in my law school class, I was certain that some courses would be focused on the intriguing questions raised by Nixon's resignation. Above all, what were the framers doing with that impeachment provision? What are high crimes and misdemeanors? But no class spent as much as a single minute on impeachment. It was as if the whole topic was irrelevant, part of history's dustbin a tiny footnote to the real issues in constitutional law. Sure, we talked about the power of the president, about when he could make war, about what he could do on his own. Impeachment by Cass Sunstein. Gary in Baden, Pennsylvania. Hey, Gary, what's up? Hello, Tom Harmon. I wish you and others, everybody listening, a sincere best wishes for the holiday and a safe holiday. Enjoy yourself. Thank you, Gary. Back at you. Thank you. I'm actually down here. I'm lucky I'm in Florida. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just have this to offer, if I may. I have said it before. And uh, as you know, I try to be very bottom line. Like you, we're both very much alike in that issue. Strong but wrong. I know he had this appearance for a lot of people, and I offer this. Strong and wrong in a president won't cut it. Strong and right will. Mm -hmm. And I like to close quoting Franklin Delano Roosevelt. We'll cancel any argument, anything that, that the neocons, the other party who, they have an opinion. They have a right to their opinion. I think they're a different breed of cat. I think that's the problem. Franklin Delano Roosevelt clearly said, the presidency is preeminently the place of moral leadership. Period. That's, that's right. That's right. And that's so, not what we've been seeing for three years. We have been seeing uh, horrible examples of immorality, tragically. Thank you, Tom. Okay. Thank you, Gary. Good talking to you. Uh, Vicki in Seattle. Hey, Vicki, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning. I have a question for you. I just watched Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, and Mark Green, the co-author of Fake President mm -hmm. with Ralph Nader, put up a question or actually a postulation about it. Once these articles of impeachment are voted on, Nancy Pelosi is actually not required to submit this to the Senate. 
That's correct. But just keep them in the House. That way, Trump will not be exonerated in the Senate, and he will have impeachment hanging over his head during the entire election season. I would like you to address that and comment on that, and I'll take my answer offline. Thank you. Okay. Thanks a lot, Vicki. My concern with that is that moving the impeachment to the Senate is going to require a bunch of Republican senators who are running for re-election. You know, specifically people like Cory Gardner and Susan Collins and Martha McSally, who are in states that are becoming blue states, essentially. It's going to require those senators to either go in full out for Donald Trump and basically reveal themselves to the voters of their states. And these are, see, these are, these are senators who are not in gerrymandered districts. Right. This is what the Democrats in the swing districts, I think there's something like 30 of them, Democrats who are in districts that were won by Trump, but the Democrat won the election to the House of Representatives. With one single exception, to the best of my knowledge, and he's changing parties, these Democrats were faced with the same problem or the same concern that these Republicans are going to be faced with, which is, you know, do I do the right thing or do I do the thing that's politically expedient? And I think that this is moving this to the Senate is going to make it seem less political. I think withholding it would make it seem highly political, almost like theater. And I'm quite sure that Nancy Pelosi is not going to withhold it. So, you know, people can speculate all day long, but it ain't going to happen. And, I, and if it did, I don't think it would be a good thing. We'll be back. Hey, we just put up a new video for supporters of our program. You can find it over at TomHartman.com. Talking about the relationship between Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, and basically the whole right-wing hate agenda on Hispanics, by and large, saying that Hispanics are changing our culture. Really? This is European culture. I mean, you know, the Mayans and Aztecs got replaced by the Spaniards, remember? They're mostly Catholic. I don't see the, the cultural difference here, but Fox sure does. And, and, and also pointing out that Kevin Rudd, the former prime minister of Australia, calls out Rupert Murdoch and says, you know, he's, he's, quote, a cancer on Australian democracy. Well, apparently a cancer on American democracy as well. So you can check out this new video over at TomHartman.com, you know, members of our program. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Uh, Donald Trump has uh, put out a new rule uh, via the Department of Agriculture, Mr. Uh, Mr. Sonny Perdue. Uh, the headline kind of says it all over at Daily Kos. New Trump rule allows feces, sex organs, toenails, unwanted hair into pork products. And those are quotes from NBC News. Yeah, well, good time to stop eating pork, <laughs> I would say. Anyhow, Javon in Los Angeles. Hey, Javon, what's up? What's up, Professor? How you doing? Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Back at you. Yeah, brother. Well, the military is not in the, in the president's favor. You know, if you if you left the vote up to the military in, of, of, for impeachment, it seems like the military strongly agrees with impeachment, you know, regardless of the, the 41 percent. How do you know that, Javon? Oh, because just for the margin of error, right? Mm-hmm. Just for the margin of error alone, right? It's 41% saying, yeah, man, we're against impeachment, and we think that the president's doing a good job. But that's a margin of error right there. When you have 50% plus saying, hey, yeah, like this guy is kind of like... Yeah, the neutral is 8.5%. So you're saying that that neutral, that group of neutral is larger than the margin of error, so the unfavorable definitely is greater than the favorable in the military with regard to Trump. That's the bottom line of what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, uh, you know, it's, it's well said. Thank you, John, for the call. Jeremy in Denver. Hey, Jeremy, what's up? Hey, how you doing today? Hey, I'm just curious... Why is he getting uh, impeached now? Like, uh, will you explain that to me? Like, what, yeah, he's uh, getting imp- Donald Trump is getting impeached specifically. I mean, I could come up with a long right. list of things that I think he should have been impeached for. But like, this, this specific that thing is that is that Congress appropriated almost five hundred million dollars to help Ukraine in their essentially war with Russia on the east east end of Ukraine. Right. And the major part of that appropriation was for a type of uh, shoulder-fired missiles that can take mm-hmm. out tanks. 
and we, and because okay. the Russians are coming in by tanks. And so Trump, we Trump, the, Trump uh, well, let me finish. Trump ordered that military aid halted. The Ukrainians mm -hmm. knew that it was halted. The reason why he halted it, and he also ordered that the um, U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Ivanovich, be fired. And the, and the reason why he, wa he wanted her fired is because mm -hmm. she had heard that he was cutting the military aid and she had objected. And then he reaches out to the president of Ukraine and says, who says, I would love to buy those missiles now. And Trump says, well, I'd like you to do us a favor. And I, we want you to look into the Bidens and we want you to look into the uh, CrowdStrike and, you know, and, and the DNC server and how that ended up in Ukraine. Now, now the, the Bidens, you know, Joe Biden is in Trump's mind almost certainly going to be the guy that he runs against. And so he's trying to dirty Joe Biden. So he's trying to get the president of a foreign country to help him win an election. That's a crime against the Constitution. It's a violation of, you know, in any country, that would be a crime. So anyhow, that's what's going on, Jeremy. We'll be back with more of the news and more of my thoughts and yours in this kind of national town hall meeting we have here every day on the Tom Hartman program. And in the meantime, don't forget, democracy is not a spectator sport. Never was intended to be. It requires you. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.